Welcome to the BreastCancer.org podcast, the podcast that brings you the latest information on breast cancer research, treatments, side effects, and survivorship issues through expert interviews, as well as personal stories from people affected by breast cancer. Here's your host, BreastCancer.org Senior Editor, Jamie DiPolo. Hello, thanks for listening. Our guest is Brian Wojciechowski, MD, who practices medical oncology in Delaware County, Pennsylvania at Riddle, Taylor, and Crozer Hospitals, and also serves as BreastCancer.org's medical advisor. A native of South Philadelphia, he trained at Temple University School of Medicine and Lankenau Medical Center. Dr. Wojciechowski is a sought-after speaker on the topics of medical ethics and the biology of cancer. At the recent 2022 American Society of Clinical Oncology annual meeting, researchers presented results showing in HER2, which is a type of medicine doctors call an antibody drug conjugate, improved both progression-free survival and overall survival in people diagnosed with previously treated metastatic HER2 low breast cancer. Dr. Wojciechowski joins us to explain what HER2 low breast cancer is and what the results could mean for people diagnosed with this type of metastatic disease. Dr. Wojo, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Jamie. So to start, could you tell us what HER2 low breast cancer is? Because that seemed to be the biggest question that we got after this research came out. Yeah, so... I'm going to assume everyone understands what HER2 positive breast cancer is. I mean, I guess I can explain it. HER2 is a receptor on the surface of some breast cancer cells. Uh, about 25% of uh, people with breast cancer will, will be positive for, for HER2. And it's kind of like an on switch to stimulate growth of tumor cells. And if someone has HER2 positive breast cancer, that means that it's a slightly more aggressive cancer, but it also opens up a whole world of different treatments, HER2 targeted treatments like Herceptin. So among breast cancers that don't express HER2, there is a subset, a small group that actually do express low levels of HER2. And the investigators um, for the drug that we're talking about were hypothesizing that their drug might be able to help those patients. So in other words, let me make sure I'm understanding this correctly. The cancer has some HER2 receptors, but not enough to trigger a positive test. So the test would still come out either negative or borderline, depending on which test was given. That's exactly right. And these patients historically would not have been considered HER2 positive. Okay, so they would not be candidates for Herceptin and other anti-HER2 therapies. Yeah, they're below the threshold where they would benefit from from those kind of therapies. Okay, and I know in this study, the researchers had a definition of what HER2 low breast cancer was. Is that standard? Is I mean, is it is it? widely known enough that everybody says, okay, this is what HER2 low breast cancer is? Well, it's standard now because this study establishes a new standard of care. So yeah, it, it is it is going to be standard uh, moving forward. And I'm sure that um, anyone treating cancer patients would be able to get that information. Now, could you explain to us how and HER2 works 
and why the researchers thought that it might be effective against HER2 low breast cancer when other anti-HER2 therapies like Herceptin have not been. Yeah, so, and HER2 is an antibody drug conjugate. And what that means is that it's an antibody attached to a chemo drug. It's not the first drug of its kind, but the, the generic name is trastuzumab deruxtecan. So trastuzumab is Herceptin, which is kind of your, your, your oldest HER2 uh, her targeted drug very widely used, but it's not a chemo. It's, it's, a, it's, it's an antibody. So it attaches to that HER2 on the surface of, surface of cells. Now, the, um, the antibody drug conjugate part is that Herceptin is attached to a chemo drug called Deruxtecan. And it's, it kind of acts like a Trojan horse. So the Herceptin binds to the surface of the cell and delivers this chemo drug directly into the cell. And when you do it this way, not only does it target the chemo, you know, more precisely into the breast cancer cell, but because it's not going to the rest of the body, it, it allows us to give a chemo drug that's much more powerful than other chemo drugs that would go to the rest of the body because that chemo drug is going directly into the cell. So I guess the investigators figured that well, we can more precisely target the HER2 protein with a very strong chemo drug. Maybe this will work where others failed. Okay, so it's almost, if I, I'm going to paraphrase you in, in my terms to make sure I understand. So it's almost like, and HER2 is almost like a heat-seeking missile, perhaps, because it's focusing in on the HER2 receptors, and then it delivers the chemo right to the breast cancer cells. Yeah, I think that's a great analogy. Okay, okay. So the results of the study, which was called Destiny Breast 04, they were so well received at ASCO that Dr. Modi, who was the presenter, I watched the presentation, she got a 40-second standing ovation when she was done. So obviously, as you said, this is this is practice changing. How big are these results? It's a pretty big deal. I mean, you know, remember this study was in metastatic disease and, you know, they were, they were comparing their drug not to placebo, but to chemotherapy on the other side. It was investigator's choice chemotherapy. And usually when you have that situation, it's pretty easy to show progression-free survival, which is the time it takes the, the cancer to get worse on treatment but it's less common to actually see an overall survival benefit. And when you do see overall survival and overall survival is how long people actually live with the cancer. When you see an overall survival difference, that's considered pretty remarkable. Um, and in this case, the overall survival difference was 23.4 uh, versus 16 months for the whole group. So yeah, so in, in oncology world, we don't see that very often, an eight-month difference. So that was pretty impressive. And yes, I would have clapped for 40 seconds if I was there as well. Well, that's great. Do we know how many people this might have implications for? I don't know the percent of women with metastatic breast cancer who, who are hurt too low, unfortunately. But I can say this at least that 
you know, anyone out there with metastatic breast cancer should look at this. And I think their doctors should go back and, and, and decide if they're HER2 low or not and try to use this drug uh, once it gets approved. I, I, so I think really it probably has implications for anyone with metastatic breast cancer. Okay, well, that that's great. That was a great lead into my next question because that's what I was wondering. So if I'm diagnosed with metastatic disease and my pathology report, the results said that breast cancer was HER2 negative, I should go talk to my doctor and say, hey, let's look at the pathology report again is this really HER2 low that got classified as HER2 negative? And that's a very distinct possibility that could be the case. And by the way, it's it's whether you're hormone receptor positive or negative. So yeah, I think anyone with metastatic disease should should talk to their doctor about this study. Okay. Is it likely or a possibility that somebody might need additional HER2 testing or could the res- you know, could the results of the original path report be used? It really depends. Um, I, I think in most cases you can use the results of the original path report, uh, but in some in some cases, I think rarely there might be the requirement for another biopsy or to go back and do additional testing on the original report. Okay. And then finally, I'm assuming the FDA is going to have to change the prescribing indication for and her to to include HER2 low metastatic breast cancer which could take some time depending on how everything goes and when the application is made. But I guess what I'm wondering, given that it's metastatic disease, if somebody has metastatic HER2 low breast cancer that isn't responding well to other treatments, is it possible that somebody could get this off-label? Yeah. I mean, we do off-label all the time and uh, it, it really depends on the insurance carrier. So you know, I'd, I'd probably try it if I had the right patient. Okay. Now, in your personal experience, have your patients asked you about this? What I mean, is there a lot of buzz about it? Not yet. Not in my patient population where I practice. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I, I don't know if the word's quite out, out there yet, which I guess is why we're doing this, huh? Yes, that's exactly why we're doing this. Yep. Yeah. We want to let people know. Thank you so much, Dr. Wojciechowski. I know this has been helpful and I appreciate your insights. All right. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to the breastcancer.org podcast. Please subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. To share your thoughts about this or any episode, email us at podcast at breastcancer.org or leave feedback on the podcast episode landing page on our website. And remember, you can find a lot more information about breast cancer at breastcancer.org. And you can connect with thousands of people affected by breast cancer by joining our online community.